Welcome to By the Ghost Light, where we have some breaking news. Cassie, are you ready to break some news? The Tonys, they're happening. That that counts, I think, as breaking news. Hey, the Tonys are happening. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm Cassie. And we are going to tell you who's going to win the Tony Awards because we have so much insider knowledge. Oh, I don't know that I signed up for that, Ryan. I think this qualifies as insider trading. I think this okay, is how well. Martha Stewart got sent to prison. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. If you keep listening and you're a cop, you have to tell us. Is that how that works? Otherwise, it's entrapment. I. This is a terrible bit. This is a terrible bit. You should have thought about it a little bit longer before we started. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're going to talk about the Tony Awards because they are actually happening. They are actually happening. So I think in our last episode, we mentioned that there's a possibility that they might get canceled mm-hmm. or postponed because of the writer's strike. Um, but they did receive special compensation from the Writers Guild to continue with the broadcast on June 11th. As planned, they had to make some concessions and change some things about how it was being hosted. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of details about exactly what that agreement was, but they have been given permission To continue with it, although the Writers Guild of America has requested that any of its members who are nominated not attend. That seems like mixed signals. It does seem like mixed signals to me as well, which is hard because I I really want to support the Writers Guild in what they're working for because I absolutely do support the Writers Guild and the writers for it. But that seems a little, like, harsh to me. Like, yes, we're going to let this go on, but if you were nominated, we don't want you to attend. Yeah, I just don't understand. And be recognized for your work. For your work, right, which is the whole point of all of this. Like, they want more recognition. They want better pay. You know, uh, like the whole snafu with HBO Max transitioning over to Max, and then the credits were all screwed up. Did you see that? Right. I did see that. So that got fixed really quickly, but... It's it's the same idea of, you know, giving artists their credit and paying them what they're due and not screwing them over. We are still having this fight, and this is a fight we will have for a very long time. I'm reading more in the article now that I got this headline from yeah. to get some details. That's great. Um, they, they're actually requesting that in lieu of attending the awards, members pre-tape an acceptance speech or ask a non-guild member to accept on their behalf. What, what do you gain from that? disrupting an awards show that you said could happen yeah just i guess more attention to what's going on but if you are nominated and then you win you get to talk about the strike yeah and it says a number of playwrights who are also guild members have urged the union to reconsider yeah i i hope so that seems strange i don't i don't get it Somebody somewhere thought it was a good idea. Yeah, but the the Tony words will be fully unscripted. It says that'll go well. Do we know who the host? Yeah, is, is it still Ariana on? DeBose is still reported, reportedly still slated to host, but she will not be speaking from a script. I don't know if that's better or worse. And she will not be performing an opening number that was written by Lin Manuel Miranda, which was apparently in the works. Sure, that makes sense. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. They have uh, the best thing they've done to follow up on that point is uh, yes. sent Adam Conover, Adam ruins everything, 
on yes. every single podcast imaginable. Uh-huh. Somebody said, hey, what if we just get this guy that everyone trusts on every single show or podcast? Can he podcast directly from the picket line? Sure can. Sure can. That's great. I love it. His TikTok is a quality follow. Yes, it is. It's pretty great. If you are interested in learning more about uh, maybe like the specifics of what goes into the strike, there's been a lot of those uh, videos on TikTok. You can find it pretty easily. But we're going to talk about the Tonys that are going to happen. We're going to talk about who is and isn't nominated. We're going to give our uh, firm, bold, hot take predictions that we will stand by wholeheartedly because we have put so much work into them. I, I feel the need to state just a reminder for anybody listening who like maybe maybe somebody goes and they find our podcast for the first time because they're looking for people who are talking about the Tonys and their predictions and I want to stress you came to, to the people, right place absolutely we know everything <laughs> I live in northwest Ohio <laughs> I am pregnant it is very difficult for me to go anywhere right now and I also don't have a lot of money to spend on Broadway tickets so I have seen exactly one production yes. that is nominated for anything, and it wasn't even in New York on Broadway. No, sure it wasn't. was the tour of this production of Into the Woods. Everything else, I am speaking to you based on I have maybe listened to a little bit of the soundtrack, or I know the show if it's a revival, and I've seen productions of the show, but not the specific production, or I'm just absolutely mooching from what people around me have said and i do want to be very clear about that it's really hard for me a lot like with tony's with oscars with all these sorts of things to like do any sort of prediction because i've never seen everything that's nominated and i i feel like i it's like yeah i can say i hope this person wins but it's just because i like that person or i just like that show so do you know how many shows were nominated for Tony Awards this year? Total? Yes. Like 13? 27, if you count plays. 27? Plays, musicals, new yeah. and revivals. 27. You've seen how many? One. You know how many I've seen? More than I have. Three, I believe. Okay. Well, slightly more than if I I'm have. If I'm looking at this list right. <laughs> experts in our field we may be experts in the 2023 tony nominations <laughs> we are not this is going to be fun but a uh, friend of the podcast kelly did go to new york and yes. saw i think probably more than either of us we really probably. should have had kelly on this we, episode yeah um because she saw parade and sweeney todd and new york new york uh. I've heard her her thoughts on some of the things so there you go all right so we have some thoughts we've done some research uh, we have done some research. I will say that. I did spend some of today doing some research into the Tony nominations. And we're going to have some opinions that we may be forming on the spot. Yeah, it's called, absolutely. It's called improv. It's called the SN. And um, we're very good at this. But before we get into that, we, there's some other like Tony-related stuff we should talk about. Absolutely. Do you want to start with uh, all of the people who were not nominated because of uh, gender norms or <laughs> do you want to start with something easier? Well, I mean, we can start there. So I think we also talked about this in an earlier episode. I think we did. Um, About how the Tony performance categories are still gendered. 
which to me is a little bizarre given that this is a theatrical like broadway community that is such a place that you think of in association with the lgbt community and the non-binary and the trans community Mm -hmm. so it's weird to me that we still have gendered categories for this and we are seeing some awards organizations move to non-gendered so the grammys have been non-gendered for a few years now yep and you said that Drama Desk is going non-gendered as well. Yeah, Drama Desk went uh, non-gendered or uh, gender neutral, I think is the term that the organization used. Uh, as the 67th annual Drama Desk Award nominations were announced uh, April 27th, the winners will be announced before the Tonys. That's kind of how this works every year. And it kind of gives us an insight into who may or may not win. Uh, it doesn't line up perfectly, and it's, it's a little different. But... Um, it is different because uh, Shucked is the most nominated musical, not Some Like It Hot. And then Life of Pi was the most nominated play, which is also not uh, 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 Leopold Stott what is the, for the most nominated for the Tonys. But they do say that this year's awards will be the Drama Desk's first to go gender neutral, with the newly structured acting categories now featuring twice as many nominees, and voters will select two winners per acting category. Uh, so that would be outstanding lead performance in a play with two winners and uh, double the nominees. And then outstanding lead performance in a musical. Same rules. Outstanding featured performance in a play. Outstanding featured performance in a musical. So instead of eight acting awards, they are giving out eight acting awards. Just in four categories, not eight categories. Yeah, I think that that's a decent way to do it. I'm fine with it. Do it. Yeah, to go about doing it that way for sure. And and I want to clarify one point. It's not so much that actors who don't fit a gender category did not receive nominations. It's that you actually have to submit mm-hmm. to be considered to receive a nomination. Yes. These actors, some of these non-binary actors either had to choose what category to be submitted in. Mm -hmm. And a few of them did say, I am choosing not to submit myself for nomination because I do not want to put myself in this category. Yeah. Um, And that can go uh, a couple of different ways, uh, is my understanding. It can be because the performer themselves didn't want to identify themselves one way or the other, because that's kind of the whole point. Um, or it could be in the case of uh, Anne Juliet, uh, Justin David Sullivan plays the character May, who is non-binary, uh, and it's the whole point of that character and the whole point of the show is that they don't fit in uh, any of these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Justin didn't permit themselves to be nominated because they did not feel that was true to the character and the story they were trying to tell. Um, which and that's va- very valid. Wildly valid, hundred percent. Great, do that. Can we? Can we do better? I would love us to do better. The Grammys figured this out years ago. Yeah, and and the fact that like there was all this pushback to the Tony Committee, and they came out with a statement that basically said, "Well, it's too close to the awards to make any changes this year," and it's like, okay, but this is not a new issue. No. This is not a new idea that's being presented to you for the first time. This is something we've been talking about. And I think it would be a great opportunity to look at the whole slew of awards 
because I think that there are a number of other awards that should be added to Tony consideration, both tech and performance. Yes. And I think this would be a good opportunity to look at that and maybe recognize some of these other groups. I agree. There's a couple other uh, categories I think they should add. We talked about a little bit, and we should get into that here in a second. The last thing I want to say about um, the gender-neutral awards and us not ha- us not putting people in a, in these in boxes is it's crazy to me that somehow Broadway's and the theater community is not at the forefront of this. Right. It's absurd. How how did the music industry, known for its misogyny, beat theater? Yeah. It 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 drives me a little nuts. Yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling is a great word. <sighs> anyway, what do you think some other of these other awards should be? We've talked about a couple. We've talked about projections. We've talked about puppetry. Yeah, projections, puppetry. I really want to see a best ensemble category. Sure. Because I want to see recognition for ensemble members at the Tony Awards because they are so important to the shows that are put on. And a strong ensemble or the strength of an ensemble can make or break some of these productions. Do you think that's a just a musical award or there's also a play version or maybe there's just I one? I think there could also be a play version of that. Because a lot of the plays are two, three, four, five actors True. and that's it. So that would be a little True. hard to maybe get a full slate of play nominations. But maybe it's just one. Yeah, maybe it's just one and it's it's either play or musical. I would be perfectly fine with that. I also think there should be a uh, projections award because sometimes people like to talk about it like it's part of the scenic design. It's not. That's not part of the scenic design. It's separate. It's somebody else doing it. Uh, people talk about it like it's the lighting design. Nope, it's not. It's somebody separate doing it. Does it all work together and they all have to talk a lot and figure it all out together? Sure do. It's not lighting design. It's different. And every single show uses it intensely now oh yeah no it's become a massive massive piece of of the theater industry yeah because you what do you mean you can just design anything you want on a computer and then we just throw up a couple of projectors and then we're done we don't have to move anything and we can show movement and videos and this and this and this and wow okay yeah let's do that it's more immersive like it's it's to the point where I am trying to figure out me with my tiny, poor theater company in the middle of very rural Ohio. Mm-hmm. I am trying to figure out how to incorporate projections and how to perform in a space that has that technology for my musical next summer because we're doing Matilda. And if I can't do the projections for the bit at the end where she's like magically levitating a piece of chalk and writing on a chalkboard. And I'm supposed to be able to show that to an audience in real time. Like if I can't do that with projections, I don't know how I'm doing that. Yeah. Magic is easily accomplished with projection work. Yes. Is the easy answer. It is also not cheap. So yeah, it's not cheap. So yeah. So like that's, that's a question that I'm facing as a theater director of a very small 
regional theater. So we should be giving the work that's being done on that recognition. Sure should. And then puppetry. The thing with puppetry is that it feels kind of hit or miss sometimes. It either works or it doesn't, but also there's either two, three, or four shows in a year that really use it, or there's none. Like, it just skips a season. Exactly. And so I don't know where else you would plug that in. I don't know. Because when it's done and it's done well, it is such an integral part of these shows, and it's part of what makes the magic of these shows. Mm -hmm. And it feels like there should be some way to recognize that. You'd think. Because you can't just give, like... Uh, achievement in technical theater like you could but that feels like uh, one of the predetermined Tonys where it's like hey we're going to give this special Tony to Mm -hmm. this group or this company because they did something crazy that's never been done before or a lifetime achievement award right 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 it feels different I don't know what that answer is because that doesn't feel quite as cut and dry the Tonys don't change what the awards are every year right like true it's not like hey this year we think we should include the puppetry award because we know there's going to be three or four that could be eligible so let's include it that's not how this works it's not in a in a dream world i would love it if that was how it worked uh for a while at octa junior which is our our regional theater competition but aimed for young performers Um, for a while before the current uh, regime took over. The previous uh, chair of Octa Junior was really all into like celebrating everything that was being done well by each of these groups. So they would give the standard awards at the end, but then they would also make up awards that were specific to each group for what they had done well. Gotcha. I don't want to call it like participation trophy because that's not that wasn't the the intention of it. Sure. But it it was really like designed, especially for young performers, to not be super competitive and instead to like celebrate what you're all doing all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was kind of used that way to be like, hey, you had this unusual thing in your production and you did it really well, and we want to recognize you for that. Sure. And I I wish there was a a a logical way to infuse that kind of celebration of what theater can be into the tony awards into the tony awards so maybe if it was even something like broad like best technical elements like like i don't know i'm thinking like i know the magic that they do with cursed child on broadway is super impressive yes and like best technical innovation or something like that like doing something in in a new and extraordinary way yeah that sounds great i don't know it sounds great it's very idealistic of me but i also but also the tony Tony awards they're about making money (laughs) no they're about they're about making money. money i want it to be idealized and i want it to be like just this pure joyful celebration and it that's it's not it's partly that but it's it's definitely mostly not that it's definitely mostly not that at all that so yeah no but you know uh what is celebration what is a celebration the fact that we're gonna ace all of these uh tony nominations these tony selections right now absolutely so here's what i think because we've seen a grand total of four of these shows Uh uh-huh i think if we agree on who we think the winner should be. I think it's a really solid pick. I think if we don't agree, if we have two different picks, I think we're just covering our bases for the good of the podcast. 
Absolutely. Yes. So we're just we're just uh, trying to trying to make sure everything's covered and uh, we have reason to celebrate here in a couple of weeks when uh, our picks actually one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I I read a an article from the New York Times about the Tony Award nominations that I really liked because they had two of their theater critics and they did a who will win and also who should win. Interesting. Interesting. So, so yeah, each of them got to go through and be like my actual prediction, like who I think is the most likely to win is this person or this show, but who I think actually like deserves it is this person or this show. And sometimes it was the same. Like sometimes it was, uh-huh. I think this person will win and I think they deserve the win. Sure. But a lot of the time, if not most of the time in both of their answers, it was different. And I think that that's a fascinating like element of it as well. Like, are you making this prediction based on what you want and you feel in your heart? Or are you trying to actually predict what this committee is going to decide? Yes. Best book of a musical is first on my list. We have Anne Juliet, Kimberly Akimbo, New York, New York, Shucked, The Corn Show, because uh, I'm going to keep saying that, and Some Like It Hot. I know nothing about Some Like It Hot. This is what is bizarre to me, Ryan. This show has the most Tony nominations 13. of any show so many. this season. Yeah. And literally until the Tony nominations came out i did not hear anybody talking about it no idea and like listen i'll be honest my broadway information is limited to like tiktok sure but i follow a lot of broadway people on tiktok and i follow a lot of industry people on tiktok and i didn't hear anybody talking anything even after the tony nominations came out yeah i still haven't heard people talking about this show i watched a few clips i looked up a a synopsis it's based on a movie of the same name. This I think I knew. Some like it hot. It's about a, a couple of a pair of friends who witness a murder and are trying to like not talk to the police about it. So they're like riding a train cross country and something. I don't know. It's Christian Borle being charming and there's a lot of tap and there's a lot of jazz in it. And this is what I got. This is what I got for it's you. It's like this is this weird musical and maybe it works or maybe it doesn't. Uh, that's great. Uh my pick is Kimberly Akimbo for this one. I feel like based on the little that I know about these shows, I think Kimberly Akimbo is the weightiest book. It has like to Like talking about some of the weightier issues. Mm-hmm. I think it probably has the most of substance to say. Yes. I, I, I From what I know, I would agree. And Juliet does not. It is uh, the book. So... Uh, if you don't know, so the they give awards for best book. They give awards for, um, which is just uh, the story, just the the words on the page, and then they also give one for the score. So that is separate. The music is separate from the lyrics, uh, and the libretto. And then there's also an award for orchestrations. So they try to divide up the different parts of the show. So maybe the libretto of something was really good, and maybe the music isn't as catchy, um, which I would actually put Kimberly Akimbo squarely in that corner but I think it'll win because uh, David Lindsay Abair is the author it's an incredible story it's so well written there's so so much that they have to get through um, and it works really well but the interesting part to me is uh, this uh, Kimberly Akimbo the musical is an adaptation 
by David Lindsay Abair of his own comedy, Kimberly Akimbo, which performed off-Broadway in 2001. Interesting. So he rewrote it as a musical, and now it works. Okay. Yeah, I'm down for Kimberly Akimbo. I think that that's... That's my best bet based on what I am seeing from this list. So then the next one I have is the best original score uh, written for the theater. They do clarify that uh, just in case any of the stuff comes out of movies. Uh, Right. So if it came out of a movie, it it doesn't count as original work for this. We have Almost Famous, Kimberly Akimbo, Shucked, Some Like It Hot, and K-Pop. I think that qualification of written for the theater is really fascinating, especially when you're considering jukebox musicals. Mm-hmm. And I know that that one of the points of contention of like, should it have been nominated or shouldn't it have been nominated was New York, New York, mm-hmm. because that was Lin-Manuel Miranda reimagining work by Candor and Ebb. Yes. And it was, I think, ultimately determined that there were not enough substantial changes to the music to qualify it. As original. Yes. As original. And I wonder if that's the reason why we're not seeing like Anne Juliet on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anne Juliet's not on here. Also, uh, Camelot's not on here. Right. Right. And I think that that's a really interesting qualifier. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you have a jukebox musical, it's not new music. It's old music that you're fitting into a new story. Right. Which is a different skill set <laughs> it is a different skill set it just doesn't quite line up into this category so it leaves yeah. it leaves the category a little more bare because um, it almost has to be an original musical but even then it can't be all of them which is how Anne Juliet is not in here I have only listened I have listened to a song from Kimberly Akimbo and I have listened to a song from Some Like It Hot I'm gonna say shucked just because I want the corn musical to win this see I have also barely listened to anything. I've listened to Kimberly Akimbo. I've seen Kimberly Akimbo. The music is fine. There's a couple of songs that are that are really good. It's it's more the how the story's put together in the book that's the magic of that show. Uh, I also want the Corn Show to win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate and give some love to K-pop because 100. I really really want K-pop to win something. To validate yes. all the work they did. Yes. Because if they can walk away, if they can hang their hat on a Tony, it validates everything they did and we see, might see more things like it. 100%. I'm here for it. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. We change gears here to the plays. And I'm going to just not do some of these names well. Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II in Top Dog Underdog. Corey Hawkins, also in Top Dog Underdog. Sean Hayes in Goodnight Oscar. Stephen McKinley Henderson in Between Riverside and Crazy. And Wendell Pierce, Death of a Salesman. I know basically nothing about this, so I assume that Death of a Salesman will win. Uh, Yeah, I am not familiar with any of these actors apart from Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes, of course, is of Will and Grace fame. Of Will and Grace fame. How about you get familiar for a second? I'm going to see why Veronica's crying. Okay. So here's what I found out in doing my research. Yeah. I'm now rooting for anybody except Sean Hayes to win this category. Oh. 
not because he's not a great actor. I'm sure he is. But because he's the only white actor nominated in this category. Ah. And I would just like to see it go to a more diverse uh, performer. Completely valid. Look, we make uh, all sorts of ways up to pick our NCAA brackets. I think the same, same logic can be applied here. Absolutely. Right. Best performance by an actress in the leading role in a play. This is kind of a who's who. Jessica Hecht, Jessica Chastain, Jodie Comer, Audra McDonald. I gotta root for my girl Audra. I don't I know. I just gotta. I don't know how it's not her. But right. apparently, everything I've heard was that Ohio State Murders wasn't that great. Like, she was great, but the show mm-hmm. was only so good. Jodie Comer... Yep is a one woman show. Right. Yeah, I've only heard amazing things and then also Jessica Chastain is Jessica Chastain. I've, yeah, and I've heard that she's phenomenal in Doll's House. Yes. But um Audra made history with this nomination. She became this is her 10th Tony nomination which ties her for the most nominated performer. Mhm. And she I think remains the only performer who's won in all four possible performing categories sure sure i think so i just wanted to keep that streak up i i don't know i think i could see it happen i want i want jody comer to win because i really like killing eve and i think she's really good okay it's my pick best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical and now we get into it is it 2017 again ryan sorry i had to everybody on tiktok is saying it because once again we have Christian Borle, Josh Groban, and Ben Platt all nominated. All nominated again for this category again, and they were all nominated in 2017. And I was telling Chase when the nominations came out, I said I think Ben Platt has a really good chance of taking it again, but I think this time he'll deserve it. Right, which is kind of the kicker, right? He actually might deserve it this time, not like he did before, but. Because from all accounts, his performance in Parade is astounding. Yeah. All you hear about is how incredible and amazing he is and how he stays on stage for all of intermission, which is not, it's not, it's not even a him thing. That's a directing choice. Like, like, yeah, he's got it. Yeah. He's he's got to do it. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Sure. So does his understudy. That's a directing thing. Anyway, uh, Christian Borle. Jay Harrison Gee both got nominated for Some Like It Hot, so neither of them will win because they'll split those votes. Josh right. Josh Groban for Sweeney Todd, Brian Darcy James for Into the Woods. Oh, I love Brian Darcy James. He's so good. I just love him. He's in everything. He will do anything. And he was uh, Officer Krupke in the New West Side, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, ben Platt and then Colton Ryan from New York, New York. Now, our friend Kelly said that Colton Ryan was phenomenal. Okay. I think it's going to be between Josh and Ben again. I do too. And I could see it going either way. But I think that I think that Leo Frank is a role that Ben Platt was born to play. And from everything that I've seen, like from the clips that I've seen and from all the buzz that I've heard, he does it just astoundingly well. I think they're going to give it to Josh. I think Josh is going to get it because I don't think Sweeney's going to win many other awards. True. So I think Josh wins this one. Okay. 
And maybe to make up for 2017. Maybe to make up for 2017. <laughs> Listen, they, there are not many times in life that you get the chance to write a grievous wrong. <laughs> Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical, Annalie Ashford, Sweeney Todd, Sarah Bareilles, Into the Woods, Victoria Clark, Kimberly Akimbo, Lorna Courtney, and Juliet Michaela Diamond Parade. And this is another one that's just stacked because... What I have heard and what I have seen is that all five of these performances are incredible. All five are incredible. I was a little surprised that Lorna Courtney actually got nominated because, yeah, the show's about her and it's Anne Juliet. She has to carry the whole thing. But it's not like she – it's not like Juliet has to do much. Like, it's nothing Uh big and huge and crazy. Like, it's a fun comedic show and she holds it down. And she does her job real well, and I loved listening to her sing. She got a great—it was a great mix between stage and pop, and it just—it just really worked. It was really great. But it's not the same kind of weight it's as not... a role like Lucille Frank in Parade, yeah, or Kimberly Akimbo, or The Baker's Wife. Yes, she is also the only uh, non-white woman on this list. True. So there is also that. Michaela Diamond is Jewish. Michaela Diamond is Jewish. Which doesn't make her not white, but <laughs> there there is diverse representation going yeah. on there. She's also 23 years old, Ryan. Do you know what I was doing when I was 23? I was not getting nominated for Tonys. Like, that's... No. Michaela Diamond is... I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time picking with this one because I am positive that Annalie Ashford is astounding as Mrs. Lovett. Without question. And hilarious. Um, but also I love Into the Woods and I love Into the Woods and I love Sarah. I want Sarah to her complete turnaround from pop star to theater kid. Yes. Give her, give her the, a Tony. Give it to her. Uh I don't think it'll happen. It was too I long ago. I don't think she'll win it either, but God, I would love it if she did. Um Victoria Clark and Kimberly Akimbo is it's a, it's a performance that I've never I, I I've never seen before and will never see again because the entire point of it is the aging that they age so quickly and it's like you know it's a an eighty five year old and a fifteen year old's body but Victoria Clark is I'm not even sure exactly how old she is the incredible part at the end of the show the the makeup job that they do on her should win a special Tony Award because she looks like she looks like a teenager who's wearing a bit of makeup. Like she looks like she's just a normal kid who's made up and then she has all the mannerisms down. And then at the very, very end of the show, they're trying to do this really weird bank heist. And it's oh, it's a weird thing. It's a whole thing. But the whole point of it is they're like, hey, we need to go in and we need to get a bank teller to sign this check so that we can forge different checks. And it all relies on we're going to get Kimberly to look like a grandma because she's old and she can act old and then she'll get the teller to give her the thing. So at that moment in the show, she gets into her disguise and heavy air quotes and Victoria Clark walks out on stage and instantly ages 60 years. It's fascinating because this is a rare kind of writing of a character where inherent in the character is playing against type. Yes. You don't get to play a 15-year-old when you are over the age of 50. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how old she is. I'm going to look it up. Like, the only comparison I can think to make in terms of, like, what do I mean when I'm talking about playing against type is, you know, the new Jumanji movies? (laughs) Yes, I do. 
where you have The Rock and Karen Gillan and Jack Black and Kevin Hart, who are all playing teenagers. Yes. And Jack Black specifically is playing a 17-year-old girl. It's great. It's the brilliant. role he was born to play. The role he was born to play. He's a national treasure. Those are the, some of the best movies of our time. And I say that with absolutely no irony. They're in incredible. the entire world, I legitimately think that. They're incredible. Nick Jonas is in that. Nick Jonas is in that. <laughs> it reminds me of that because like the part is actually written to give that chance. And it's such a thing you don't see very often. All right. I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm, oh man, I really, I could, I would be happy if any of these ladies won. Like, me too. This is it, a category is where it's like. Victoria Whatever Clark happens. is 63. She has won Drama Desks, Drama Desk Award, Outer Critics Circle, uh, Joseph Jefferson Award. She's a five-time Tony Award nominee. She And she, all, she did win Tony Award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical for her role in Light in the Piazza. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's her. But Annalise, I'd be happy with Annalise any of them. So good. I really but would. Give Sarah the... Oh, boy. <laughs> the whole thing is split, and Lorna Courtney wins, and everybody goes, what? Good job. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. That's a push, if I've ever heard one. Best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play. Jordan E. Co- Jordan e. Cooper Ain't No Mo. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. It makes me slightly uncomfortable every time Yeah, a white TikToker says the name of that Ain't play. Ain't no mo. Oh, man. I don't, I don't like that. I'm sorry. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, Ariana Moayed, A Doll's House, Brandon Aronowitz, Leopold Stodd, uh, David Zayas, Cost of Living. Uh, Does Samuel Jackson take this because he's Samuel Jackson? Uh, I think so. Has Samuel L. Jackson won a Tony? Ooh, could he be on the way to to an EGOT? He might be. Sam, look, Samuel L. Jackson got on stage and did the piano lesson. Like, yeah, just give him the Tony. Like, right. That is not an easy show. Give him the Tony. Did you look it up? I can't find any evidence of him having other Tony nominations. All right. List of hang on, list of awards and nominations received by Samuel Jackson. He's been nominated 23 times for various things, Academy Awards, BAFTA, Cannes, Golden Globes, Emmys, SAG Awards. This is his, his first Tony nomination. This is his first Tony nomination. Okay. All right. I have a hard time seeing him not winning this. Just by yeah. default. Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play. Nikki Crawford, Fat Ham. Crystal Lucas Perry, Ain't No Mo. Miriam Silverman, The Sign in Sydney, uh, Sydney Brustein's Window. Katie Sullivan, Cost of Living. Carrie Young, Cost of Living. I know nothing about any of this. Uh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm going to throw my support behind Nikki Crawford. Because Fat Ham is an interpretation of Hamlet. And I like the Shakespeare representation. Love it. There's not a lot of Shakespeare representation on The Great White Way, even though it is white. Best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. 
Kevin Cahoon, Shucked, Kevin De uh, Aguila. Mm, sorry, Kevin. Some Like It Hot, Jordan Donica, Learner and Lowe's Camelot, Alex Newell, Shucked, Justin Cooley, Kimberly Akimbo. Justin Cooley is 19. Wow, you go. I'm. He's my vote now. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't need to know anything except that. Justin Cooley is the love interest in Kimberly Akimbo. So he's playing Phenomenal. directly opposite Victoria Clark. And I couldn't take my eyes off of him. And he's still a teenager playing a teenager, which. I mean, yes, he's 19. But Play. still for Broadway. 19. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see. He might be 20 now. But he's been doing this all year. So he was 19 when this all happened. Um, here's his uh, brief wiki summary. He grew up in Kansas, attending Olathe East High School. He was named Outstanding Actor in a lead role for the Blue Star Awards, a regional theater competition for high school students, and then became a finalist for the Jimmy Awards. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. My, he, my support goes to him. He was going to go to TCU, but then was offered Kimberly Akimbo, joined it off-Broadway, uh, Drama Desk, Lucia Lordle nominations, Outer Critics nominations, uh, for Off-Broadway, and now has the Tony nomination as well. So, yes, he's turned 20. Justin, Justin Cooley for Tony. Although, uh, to go to our earlier conversation, Alex Newell for Shucked would be interesting gender representation. True. Very true. Because this is the actor category. Yes. Yes. But here we are. Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical, Julia Lester, Into the Woods. Do I need to stop there? Yeah, I'm, and that's my vote. Okay, Ruthie Ann Miles, Sweeney Todd. Uh, Bonnie Milligan, Kimberly Akimbo, she was good. She had a really good song. She was kooky. She's not going to win. Uh, Natasha Yvette Williams, Some Like It Hot. Betsy Wolf and Juliet. Betsy Wolf was real good, but again, there's only so much weight to the Anne Juliet roles. She only gets to do so much. Juliet Lester's interpretation of Little Red, based on listening to the cast album and based on what I saw from Katie Gary in Chicago, and I know that she played it very similarly to how Julia mm-hmm. Lester reimagined it, stunning, just hilarious, and a vitally good re- reimagining of that character. I uh, am down for the Into the Woods representation. I do like seeing Ruthie Ann Miles back on the stage and Sweeney Todd um, with everything that's gone into her story. But I have a, I, I think Julia Lester wins this for Into the Woods. Um, that might be the sole win for Into the Woods, honestly. Yeah. Um, because uh, the other revivals are, They're you know, so strong. It's such so a strong, strong year for revivals. Yeah. So this, this makes sense to me for the Into the Woods, Tony. Um, but also Into the Woods doesn't need to win anything because they're not True. still running. They're already on tour. Yeah. Uh, best scenic design of a play. Uh, Prima, uh, Prima Facia, which is the one-woman show. Life of Pi, which is Life of Pi. Goodnight Oscar. Leopoldstad, which seems to be the favorite of a lot of things. And A Christmas Carol. I saw A Christmas Carol. I can never unsee A Christmas Carol. I never want to see A Christmas Carol any other way ever again. Um, a Christmas Carol would be my pick for that. 
uh, I believe Life of Pi will win. I, I'm going to throw my support behind Life of Pi purely because I think this is where we get that puppetry representation. There you go. Yeah. This is the only place for it. Yeah. Best scenic design of a musical. New York, New York. Sweeney Todd. Lerner and Lowe's Camelot. Shucked. Some like it hot. I have not seen any of these. Um, and we've really only seen so many photos as well. Um, I do love me a murder chair. Kelly said the scenic design of Sweeney Todd was great. I do love me a murder chair. However, there is a corn show. There is a corn show. That I imagine has to have a a, a pretty corn-centric set. And being from Northwest Ohio, we'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Could you imagine winning the best scenic design of a musical and it's corn? You put a corn maze on stage, man. Listen, if it works, it works. Um, I I think Camelot's going to end up getting shut out. I don't think they're going to win anything. Um, and I don't know enough about Some Like It Hot or New York, New York to really know. I haven't seen too much for either of it. So I like uh, I like the murder chair. Yeah, we'll go with that. Best costume design of a play. Life of Pi, Fat Ham, Leopoldstad, Ain't No Mo, Good Night, Oscar. Again, we haven't seen any of these. Do you think this could also be where the puppetry would come into Life of Pi? Yeah, so let's just give Life of Pi that one. Uh, best costume design of a musicale: Some Like It Hot, Parade, Camelot, K-pop, and Juliet, New York, New York. Um, I don't know why Parade's on this list for costume. I design. find. Yeah, I I find it really difficult sometimes to understand a costume nomination for a show that's like a period piece. Exactly. Like it's 100%. not that thought it's not that thought doesn't go into the costume design for right. those shows because I'm sure that it does. Yes. But, but you're not really having to get innovative with anything whereas like Anne Juliet is trying to design costumes to blend Elizabethan style with like current pop music kind of style. Yes. And to me, that's a much bigger display of like innovation in the field. 100%. I think Anne Juliet wins this one, honestly, because Some Like It Hot, Parade, New York, New York are all. They're all period shows. They're all period shows. And period shows, it's like there's a correct way that they need to look. Mm-hmm. It's they look the way they're supposed to look. That's how it is. Camelot. It doesn't seem like it's doing great. K-pop. The costumes weren't the best part of that show. I think Anne Juliet wins this one. Those costumes were really cool. I really liked it. I loved how they thought about Shakespeare differently, and the the care and time and effort that went into that. And some of those some of those costumes are incredible. Um, but also like the idea of like it's the corset with the modern dress with the chucks. It's like. This is cool. Yeah. This is just cool. One guy runs around and it's I think it's Shakespeare. He has like like uh uh what would it be? The 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 puffy shorts or the, those be pantaloons then or Yeah, yeah. I think but then they turn into jeans. 
That's so cool. It's so cool. Like, and it's like the period stuff. You're you're just fitting into a vibe that already existed. Whereas mm-hmm. with Anne Juliet, you have to create the vibe that you want. Like yes. your costumes have to fit in with the overall vibe of the show. That is a new imagined thing. Yes. If if the costumes of Parade do not transport you to the correct time period, then the show doesn't work. So then the costume design is successful when it transports you to the design great awesome cool you have done your job the the innovative and exciting parts of this are not the costumes right best lighting design of a play we didn't well um christmas carol got nominated so i uh throw all of my support beside uh a christmas carol they did support you on this they do um a lot of giant puppetry there for the angel of the future or the Ghosts of Christmas Future, however you want to think about it. And uh, there's a lot of there's some cool lights and some cool projections. I'm going to guess that it won't win, but, you know, I'm going to hold out some hope. Best lighting design of a musical, New York, New York, Camelot, Parade, and Juliet, Some Like It Hot, Sweeney Todd. Um, and Juliet, the lights were not the best part. They were really cool. Uh, the projections were really cool, but... I have I have no idea what who's gonna win this one. I don't either because Kelly specifically raved about the lighting design for all three of the musicals that she saw. Yeah, she specifically mentioned it for Parade and Sweeney Todd and New York, New York. So it is interesting to me. I don't know how many times this has happened before, but Natasha Katz is nominated in this category twice. Yeah, for Some Like It Hot and Sweeney Todd, and just for that. Uh, I want one of her shows to win because that seems incredible. It's great recognition for something that most lay people going to the theater are probably not going to notice. Also, let's have more female lighting designers, please. Absolutely. Let's and do that. honestly, there's there's two that I can tell for sure from the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More female lighting designers. And Natasha's got 100%. two nominations. That's incredible. That's that's so hard. Yeah, good <laughs> that's job. That's so hard to do. Uh, best sound design of a play. This is where um, A Christmas Carol, gosh, uh, I could see it also when uh, Prima Facia also winning for this for the sole reason of you have to do so much with one person's voice because they were both uh, one one person shows um, Christmas Carol they they worked out the subtleties of the EQ on the microphone on the actor to match the character he was performing at any given time like it was it was incredible um, but then also we have uh, Ben and Max Ringham nominated twice for a doll's house and for prima facie so I will pull for our good, good, not Muppet Christmas Carol and expect them to not win because uh, they're not trying to make money anymore. Life of Pi is. That's, yeah. Yeah. Prima Facia is. Best sound design of a musical, New York, New York, Shucked, Into the Woods, and Juliet, Sweeney Todd. Um, quick story for Aunt Juliet. I sat in the back row very very back row of the the downstairs of that theater which is massive it is not as big as wicked in the gershwin but it is the sondheim is gigantic um which meant that my seat was directly next to the soundboard yeah 
So I was I was watching the show the whole time, um, but I also got to make friends with the sound guy for the show. So um, I would really like to see Gareth win because I think I met him. That's cool. <laughs> and that was pretty neat. Yeah. Might not win. Whatever. But uh, Into the Woods, sound design for Into the Woods... I don't know if the the tour counts as the same sound design. Um, I think to an extent it could because the orchestra is on stage with the actors, which I think makes. That makes everything harder. It makes everything harder. Um, Though the way that they had to match up some of the sound cues with like the puppetry happening on stage, like with the giant's footsteps. Mm hmm. Um, that's interesting was was really impressive i'll be honest it's not something again even me being in the field the way that i am sound design is not usually something that i notice unless it's going badly (laughs) right and that's the good and bad of all of this tech it's like if if it's if it's working it's often not noticed yeah something something special has to happen it was my my one real criticism of the Lion King tour that I saw at the Stranahan was the sound was not great from where I was sitting. See, and I, I don't know if that's just where our seats were or if they were having some trouble. But I couldn't hear some of the dialogue that's a, sometimes. That's, yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Big old problem. Best direction of a play... Fat Ham, Cost of Living, A Doll's House, Leopoldstadt, Ain't No Mo, Life of Pi. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna put my support behind Joe Bonnie for Cost of Living because that's the only name I have more than seventy percent certainty belongs to a female director. <laughs> there you go. I can get behind that. I can get that behind that. I think. Leopold Stodd, I I almost saw it, uh, and then I saw, uh, I think I saw Kimberly Akimbo instead. Um, but Leopold Stodd, I know there's a lot of heavy stuff that goes on there. So I, from a directing standpoint, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, Life of Pi is also like, you can you can give sometimes a directing award feels like a like a congratulations he coordinated the whole thing and it all all mm-hmm. this crazy stuff happened good job director it's like well that's not quite right but i could see that happening for something like life of pi yeah that's fair where it's like the the you didn't do you the director didn't do anything too crazy but all of the crazy stuff happened on your watch so good job <laughs> best direction of a musical i'm so torn on this one because on the one hand i adore everything that layer did with into the woods Mm -hmm. it was phenomenal it was such a wonderful beautiful reinterpretation of that show there was only one directing choice that was made that i disagreed with while i was watching it but on the other hand michael arden is a genius yes and i adore every single thing he puts his hand to I don't think Michael Arden's won a directing Tony. I don't think he has either, and I think he deeply deserves it. I think it'll go to him. Um, notably, um, Tommy Kale is not on this list for Sweeney. 
Yeah. People were talking about that as a snub. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. Uh, Jack O'Brien for Shucked for the corn and Jessica Stone for Kimberly Akimbo, the sad show. Uh, and also Casey Nicola, uh, who has won this award uh, for Some Like It Hot. He, and then, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I hope Michael wins. I, I, want, I want him Michael to win, to win so badly because he is a genius director. But I'm also biased towards this beautiful interpretation of Into the Woods that I saw. I saw his um, Spring Awakening revival with yeah, Death West. It with was Death West. Oh my god, astounding! And they yeah. didn't. They should have gotten so many more awards. It, that's a whole other, whole other thing. Uh, yeah. But Michael Arden, he's brilliant at everything he does. He is a brilliant performer hunchback. in his own right. His Hunchback is phenomenal. He was in a um, a, a deaf collaboration version of Pippin. Mm-hmm. Where he was the voice of Pippin alongside a deaf actor, yeah, who acted Pippin, mm-hmm. um, and that was all just astounding and and marvelous. He's so talented. Give Michael Arden all the awards. Yes. Uh, best choreography: uh, Stephen Hoggett for Sweeney Todd, Casey Nicola for Some Like It Hot. Susan Stroman. Oh, interesting. He New York. directed and choreographed. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, so that's always interesting. He got nominated for both. Susan Stroman for New York, New York. Jennifer Weber for Anne Juliet. Also Jennifer Weber for K-pop. And then I'm saying give it a, give it to Jennifer Weber. Like Jennifer if her choreography Weber, was yeah. good enough for two nominations. Two shows and the Anne Juliet and K-pop is. It feels it, like they would have a, a, a the similar same vibe, to vibe to it. Yes, the same person doing both. It's yeah. I was surprised that Anne Juliet got this choreo nomination. It was it was good. It was fun. I keep saying that about Anne Juliet. It's a fun show, but I look at the rest of this like some like it hot is dancing, 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 and New it's York, so New York much dancing, is, and it's like tap yeah. heavy, and it's. All that kind of classic musical feel style of choreography. Right. I don't know. And I have I, no idea what the choreography in Sweeney Todd looks like. Attend the tale and we'll find out. It seems like a weird choice of a musical for choreography because I don't think of like Sondheim musicals as being like real choreography heavy shows in terms of like there's not like dance numbers in Sondheim shows. Right. Nobody's breaking out into tap. Or soft shoe in the middle of a Sondheim show. Sweeney Todd's choreography got a nomination, but the director didn't. Right. This is weird. I don't understand. Jennifer Weber, you got two. You should win. Best orchestrations. Anne Juliet, Kimberly Akimbo, Shucked, Some Like It Hot, New York, New York. Um, I do not think Anne Juliet should win this one because they're literally just playing a bunch of pop song mashups. Uh, Kimberly Akimbo was was good uh, musically, but it's not the strong part of the show. Um, we have the corn show, some like it hot New York, New York. I'm throwing my support behind corn show. Corn show, corn show for the win. Um, That's my I, default. If I don't have a strong opinion and corn show is nominated, corn I'm show gonna for say the win. corn show. Corn show for the win. That's the name of this episode. Corn show for the win. <laughs> yes. And the Tony goes to corn show. Um, 
also again interesting that Sweeney Todd's not on this list because they uh, part of the promotion and the selling of the show is that they were going to do a full orchestra. Yeah, back to this. the twenty-six piece orchestra. Yeah, and they're not on this list, and I don't understand that. No, I don't know. And Juliet was real fun. I loved listening to that music, but I don't think they're going to win a Tony. All right, I believe that takes us to the the big four. We've made it this far. All right, let's do it. All right, best play. Ain't no mo. I'm sorry. Does a do we need this many producers? Yes, we do. On I, these shows? I will not be reading them all. <laughs> this is so many producers. It's so many. Ain't no mo. Author Jordan E. Cooper. Between Riverside and Crazy, author Stephen Adley Guirgis, I think, maybe. Uh, Cost of Living, author Martina Majak. Fat Ham, author James... James... James? Hi, James? Le James? I'm so sorry, James. I don't know. Um, One of the producers on Fat Ham is Ghostbuster Productions, so I do like that. Also, Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. Yeah. And Audible. And Audible. (laughs) What a list. This is wild. Reading through. This is wild. Mark Platt also produced Fat Ham. Roundabout Uh produced Fat Ham. Uh, Fat Ham might be something I think I want to read. And then Leopold Stodd, author Tom Stoppard, all of the producers of that. I don't know how Leopold Stodd doesn't win this, especially since Life of Pi is not in here. Also, Prima Facie is not on here. But I want Fat Ham to win. I don't know enough about Fat Ham, but I want to. But uh, I want to read I don't either, script. but it's, it's wanna, the Shakespeare rep. I want the Shakespeare yeah, rep. Yeah, I want uh, Fat Ham to win. I think Leopold Stodd will win. So then, it's Tom Stoppard, so it's he's Tom got Stoppard. that edge. Yeah, it's that guy. Best revival of a play. August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, A Doll's House, The Sign in Cindy Brucine's Window, Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog Underdog. I don't know. I think it's a toss-up between Doll House and Piano Lesson. Yeah, that sounds right. So I don't know. Jessica Chastain did produce Doll's House, so she threw some money behind her uh, performance there. Okay. These are lists and lists of producers. So many producers. Jeez, it is so hard to get a show made, huh? Takes Apparently. a lot of people. Takes a village. I'm going to guess Doll's House. That's my, that's my guess. It's not a great pick, but it's what I'm going with. All right. Last two. Best musical. Anne Juliet. Kimberly Akimbo. New York, New York. Shucked. Some like it hot. My impulse is to go with corn show. My yeah, corn show is a good impulse. <laughs> it is a good impulse. But I also haven't seen any of these. I have seen Anne Juliet and Kimberly Akimbo. I love Anne Juliet. It might be my favorite thing. Like I love that show so much. It is not a. It's not a best Tony. It's I don't not, know, it, man. It, Avenue Q won best musical. Yeah, it did. Jim Hansen won Best Musical. Yeah, it did. And if one of those shows wins, it's it it, it would be shucked pulling out the win because yeah, let's do it. it Corn be. show for the win. I don't think Kimberly Akimbo will win. I really, it's very different. And then New York, New York, and Some Like It Hot both strike me as like 
you know, in that uh, period style piece of like, it's another time, let's do a lot of tap dancing, and then, then there's a bunch of shenanigans and maybe a point. I don't I feel like New York, New York might edge it out just because it is this kind of like love letter to the industry and to the city, and depending on if people are eating that up or not. Yeah. I'm going to go with New York, New York, and... Uh, and hope in my heart that it's corn show. All hail corn show. All hail corn show. All and right. And then the category I've been dreading because this I don't is know. The biggest, the Ryan, biggest, I don't know. One. Oh, man. Um, best revival of a musical. Camelot, which we can immediately write off because Camelot is not winning this. No. Into like, the listen, woods. I believe that they have done a lot of important work on Camelot. They've done a lot of rewriting of the script and the book to kind of update it. Yes. Um, but I think I think in another year it would stand a chance. But this year, up against these other three, yeah, like, absolutely no. not. It is a weird year because most of the time there's a show that is like, okay, this is the show, right? Like, whether it's in the revival category or in the original category, and it's like, this is the show. They're going to win. They're really going to win six or seven. And then some like it hot comes out of nowhere and gets 13. New York, New York gets nine. Chuck gets nine. And Juliet gets nine. But it doesn't feel like some like it hot's going to win all these awards. And they're up against each other a lot in these categories. So it's, it's a whole weird thing. I don't really know. But these are all so so good they're all contenders into the woods parade sweeney todd my heart needs into the woods to win this because in 1988 it lost to phantom and i need that injustice to be rectified i need into the woods to win the tony that it deserves that is pretty solid reasoning um i think it's gonna go to parade I think uh, it's going to go to parade. I think per, I think it'll go to parade. Camelot will not win and then unfortunately for both Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd they're going to split the Sondheim yeah sympathy in and memory listen, vote. If parade wins, I'm not going to be mad. Right. Me if either. parade wins, it's going to be a very important win. Yes. Especially for the fact that the show had protesters. There were Nazis. At its opening. There were Nazis <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> like, it, the the show is so important and it has such an important message and getting validated with a Tony win. I'm not going to be mad at that. And I'm not going to be mad if Sweeney Todd wins. But I want Into the Woods to win. I really want a Sondheim win. I don't think we're getting the Sondheim I don't think we win. are either, but I want it. In the history and tradition of Sondheim, I don't think he's going to win. But he just died, Ryan. <laughs> sure did. And his work this, is please? so good. His work is so good. They revived two in less than a year, and they both yeah. should win. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is the madness that is the Tony Awards, and this is the madness of an extra long episode of By the Ghost Light. Yeah. Thank you for sticking but with us so far. Here's the thing. If if Sondheim loses this revival, Tony. Which he will. At least he's not losing to Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know why? Because Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't have a single goddamn nomination on this list. He does not have any. He is because he does not have a game. single 
flippin' show playing on Broadway right now. When does Bad Cinderella close? It's closed. Uh, no, it think, closes it was like, in a week. I was, was going to say, I it thought it was It closes in a week. Something. By the time this airs, <laughs> he will, will no longer have no a show playing on Broadway for Andrew the first time in Lloyd 40 Weber years. Andrew Lloyd shows on The Great White Way. And if, if Sondheim loses this revival to Jason Robert Brown, I'm okay with that. Yes. Yes. More quality shows and stories, please. And thank you. Thank you for coming along with us on this journey. Uh, we are absolutely going to watch the Tonys live. 100%. Yeah. Definitely don't have a rehearsal Oh shit. that shoot. night. I, might. I don't know if I have a rehearsal that night. That's supposed to be my tech weekend. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what yeah. <laughs> And that's pretty close to Okta for me. So uh-huh. I might have rehearsal. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe uh, you learn something. And maybe it gives you some uh, some uh, insight into the Tony Awards as they come out. It's going to be interesting this year with all the writer strike and the everything else. and the, It's a mm-hmm. whole lot. How many... Stephen Sondheim tributes will we get? It well, if you count the the revival performances, that's two. That's at least two. And the in memoriam is three. Yep. Do you think they'll sing a Stephen Sondheim song for the in memoriam? Yes. So that's four. Beautiful. I love it. And if you take nothing else away from this episode, uh, when in doubt, corn show for the win. Corn show for the win. We are part of the Ghostlight Media Network, and uh, we're not sure sure why, um, but they like us. And uh, you can find uh, our network at ghostlightmedia.net and our Patreon as well. Uh, throw some throw some dollars our way so that we have a prize for getting all of the Tony nomination awards correct. You're going to have to send me this list of our picks so that I can I will keep track as they're announced <laughs> on how we did. We'll make a bingo collectively. card. It'll be great. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, well, that's all for us. My name is Ryan. My name is Cassie. And join us next time by the Ghost Light. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.